Our salutation to that Supreme Being who is one without a second, whom the sages call by various names. Our salutations to Him whose glory has been sung to the rapturous hymns of the scriptures of the world, but whose limitless and infinite glory none can comprehend. But again, whom the sages and devotees realize within their hearts in their deepest contemplation, Him we salute again and again. Om peace, peace, peace be unto us all. <coughs> First of all, the mu music was so great and grand. We enjoyed it so much. Thank you. Every time it happens, but today is a very special. <laughs> today, <coughs> our topic is facing the challenges of life. Uh, no one needs to say that we have challenges in life. Rather, life is full of challenges. From the lowest crawling ant to the mightiest animal, from a microbe to a powerful human personality, animal, man, God, everyone faces challenge and they're all struggling to survive and overcome the obstacles and go to a state, reach a state of freedom where challenge will be there but one will be able to overcome that. The world is always very demanding and also very distracting. We all survive in life. We rarely live the life, the life of joy and bliss. We survive in life. But we want to live in joy. That is called life. And that is the purpose of our life. We want to be in life and how to go over this problems and challenges. Two forces are working in the world always. One is centripetal, another is centrifugal. One end is going, trying to go out, another is trying to bring it back. These two forces, in mind, in the human mind also, these two forces are working. In the internal nature, as also in the external nature, these two forces are always active. 
But you see, in our nature, when we try to do something, some opposite forces always pulling us down. When we wanted to stand up and not crawl when we are babies, gravitational pull always pulls us and we fall hundred times. From there, if we find in our life the disease, death, bereavement, everything is trying to disturb the inner peace and trying to bring me into some other area of what I don't want to go, that is against my freedom. From our birth, if we look at that, that every point is a challenge. Birth is a challenge. Being born, then crying, weeping, and growing gradually to certain age, going to school, going to college, everything is challenge. It's not easy. Anything, whatever we have done till now, is with these challenges, and we have to face them, and we have to overcome them. So, in our when we fin if we children think that oh the elderly people are so happy, huh? we have to study, we have to go to school, and they are not to do anything. They go out and they come back. You see, as we felt in our early childhood, that this side is better, and now you people all understand which side is better. <laughs> So now we think, oh, what a blessed uh, time was there when we were child with children. But this, this, this is the always this struggle going on. What is the in every stage of our life, in every moment of our life, in every development or every failure, there is a struggle, and we have to face them, and we will have to find some ways how we can keep our inner peace and also move on in life. That is called life. What to do then? We can, we have to face every odd situation that comes, what, which wants to baffle our growth, our development, and what stands in the way of our freedom. Ultimate freedom, from physical freedom, mental freedom, emotional freedom, intellectual freedom. Freedom has no end. Which, which area you stand. But the freedom is the cry of our very being because that is the inner cry. It manifests through different levels. That's why our freedom manifests in the different phases of life. But ultimate freedom is the freedom of going beyond all dualities, all controversies, all doubts, and to reach a place where there is no two. Physical, mental, emotional, intellectual, these challenges, and the challenges of our ego, when it is, we, get, we get heart in our ego, are at different levels of our, it brings different level of our suffering. If we look at our everyday life, it is always a fear. And every day, in, your, in our job situation, we do not know whether the job is tomorrow or not. In our health situation, we do not know what I am today and what will happen tomorrow, whether the brain stroke or whatever is coming or what is, whatever is happening, we do not know, but we are always 
in fear because really there are challenges which unknown factor. Had we known all these things, the mystery, then we will not be in so much fear. Being not known in a, in a zone where it's a, misty, a mystified zone, zone, that's why we are much more fearful. So these are different, the, as I mentioned just now, the challenges which takes us to our emotional level, in our intellectual level, in our ego level, these are all internal. But these internal challenges, where I am the only person to locate the problem, and only person to boldly face them and address these challenges by finding some means which is suited to me. This is very important. This same challenge may come to different people, but according to their tendency and test, according to their nature, what is maybe emotional nature, intellectual nature, or meditative nature, or active nature, whatever may be the nature, we'll have to solve the problem which is going internally, and there is who can help us. These internal problems, emotional problems, our intellectual problems, our mental problems, and the problem which arises when our ego gets hurt, these problems, who will solve that? We'll have to take care of ourselves. You can get some guidance from outside, but the solution to find, we will have to be active, proactive there by our own effort. External challenges will be, it can be dealt differently, but there also needs that my own effort is important, but there also we can take some extra help. So here, the spiritual realm, these challenges are to be addressed by oneself. These are harder, these challenges, internal challenges, uh, they are much difficult than the external challenges. External challenges, uh, it is cold, and we can find some heater and can overcome that challenge. Internal challenge, when I am in bereavement, who will help me? Some external help may come, but that is not enough for bringing peace to me unless I am open to that or I can cultivate certain attitude towards that. These two natures, therefore we find one is the external nature, another is the internal nature. These two natures are posing great obstacles in the path of our enjoying the total freedom which is ours. Very natural. And then freedom is our natural, natural state. Oneness is not our state. That's why we all are searching for freedom. Look at that, a microwave walking, a small, tiny, single cell. Something is moving, we call microbe. It has its life, it wants freedom. You stop that in any point, it tries to get out in the other way. It's a small ant crawling on the floor. Some Vivekananda said, that's more powerful. The crawling uh, ant is more powerful than a big uh, railway engine, because that engine is engine only. It has no uh, freedom. It cannot go anywhere beyond the rail road. But this an ant walking on the railroad, when he listens or the sound of the engine comes, he tries to come out of that. 
So that there is the potentiality and the cry in all of her heart is that freedom. We all want freedom. That's why the freedom is the song of the soul, Swamiji said in one place. It is, and that freedom in physical, mental, emotional, and every level, internal, external level, total freedom, that is the goal. And we are struggling for that. Swami Vivekananda have given this call for this total freedom. So sometimes his idea is that, he said, each soul is potentially divine, the famous quote. And what he says, the goal is to manifest this divinity by controlling the nature external and internal. These two natures. External nature, the fire, water, cold, heat, uh, uh, whatever the natural calamities or disaster in the, what you call, disease, whatever comes from the outside. This is the external thing. And internal is the, as I have talked about, the, our own mind, to deal with our own mind, our own intellect, our own ego, and our own perceptions, and our own values, all are here within. So, Swami Vivekananda's suggestion is that these are the two natures we must have to control and master. But how to do that? Do it whatever means you like in the spirit, philosophical language, by karma yoga path, or jnana yoga path, or bhakti yoga path, or jnana uh, uh, karma yoga. And what is left? Raja yoga is jnana yoga. So anyway, by any means you do this. And then Swamiji concluded the word, this is the whole of religion. To be free, this is the whole of religion. That freedom. And that is to, it does not come, you have to pay some price. And a great price. And that great price is this, to master over the external and internal influences which we are carrying with us. So this whole religion is, this is called the religion, to be established in that freedom following any path which is suitable to individual. We have to face these twofold oppositions, this external or physical or internal or the mental or psychological problems which we face. These external challenges, these are also endless challenges. As we look at our life, as I have just mentioned, that just being born and to get education and to learn so many skills to survive in life and to compete with others, to get a job, and now we get a job with much effort. Now to keep that job, <laughs> very uncertain. Today is there, what will happen tomorrow, we do not know. To keep that job. So everywhere like that, it is always a stress, mental stress and strain through which we undergo. Find some friends, and then friends coming in life again creates some tension there also. <laughs> so, you know, Facing challenge is as if uh, we are, we are, our fortune is like that, that we will have to face. And we, in life means these challenges. So, so should we now then, being this under this condition, should we then just cry and weep eh, and say, oh my God, this is my fate and I have to do like that and die one day, no? Is that should be 
the real choice for us to search for freedom or to find something, some other means. So developing our physical, mental strength and finding some prudent ways to solve the problems, we need to move on in life. We cannot stop. Life does not stop. It moves on. Whether we cry, we go to depression, we can go to any hospital, mental hospital, does not solve the problem. Problem is to be solved with courage and strength. Swami Vivekananda guided us to look at the problem in a very positive way. A means which strengthens our innate power, which is dormant, and it is here, and that is to be manifested. Not to be negative, and follow the path leading to this feeling of helplessness and frustration or depression, but to bring out the unused and untapped potential strength. There is something here. It has not been tapped. It is not known. We have not focused on that. It has not been realized in our life. So Swami Vivekananda's call is for that, to tap there, which is within, and to conquer these obstacles with pride, with joy. Rather, these obstacles for most of us, ordinary people, is really frustrating. But with the spirit, we can really take these obstacles and challenges as bringing out the inner potentiality which is hidden. And that Swami Vivekananda is unique in that way always. He brings out the fire which is hidden in us. His beautiful poem, The Song of the Free, most of you have read maybe. If not, please read it. Swami Vivekananda actually once wrote uh, to Miss Mary Hill in a letter, February 1, 1895, about his Vedantic message with so much power and openness. And Mary loved Swami Vivekananda, so she told Swamiji, it is too aggressive. <laughs> Be a little polite, otherwise you'll offend the society. And then that made Swami Vivekananda a little strong again. <laughs> that am I to compromise with the world? I am not being born like that. And whatever he said, said. And then Mary also got little heart. And to then Swamiji wrote this beautiful poem, not yielding from his point, but in a sweeter tone he has mentioned. This is a beautiful verse which we can really apply in our life. <coughs> Swamiji said here, that the wounded snake, its hood unfurls. The flame start up that blaze. The desert air resounds the calls of heart-struck lion's rage. The cloud puts off its deluge strength when lightning cleaves its breast. When the soul is stirred to its inmost depth, the great ones unfold their vest. This is a very positive and dynamic thing. See, when opposition comes, you see even a cat. If you corner the cat, and he's very innocent. Mew, 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 mew. Uh, what's your love? What's your affection? Does not want to do harm or does not want to, But you corner in a position where it, she or she has no 
will to come. He can jump and scratch on your body. No? So what you did? It's an opposition, but opposition has brought out the courage and strength for his survival to the utmost power which is potent even in that. So you see, even the innocent animals and pets you can find, the reaction comes when it is struck like that. So beautiful words. The wounded snake. Snake <coughs> normally <coughs> does not want to hurt us. <coughs> but then normally it hurts because they think that they are threatened. And when they are threatened, what they do? Coiled up snake unfurls his hood when it gets a strike. Somebody tries to hit. or It feels that somebody is trying to uh, harm me. So this facing the challenge, see the power which is in the coiled up snake, then unfurls and it with a raised hood, then you run away, no? Ramakrishna's story is that that one uh, snake was there and it was mm, troubling the uh, innocent boy's play. So uh, one holy man came and then holy man was passing by and the children said, don't go that way, sir. There is a very uh, venomous snake and it can bite you. Then the holy man said, I have some mantras. I know some mantra how to mm, pull him down. But anyhow, yeah, so he went and the snake came with hissing sound like that and came and he become pulled down. And the holy man said, why do you do harm to others? Don't injure anybody. And I give you this mantra, so you do practice. And she gave the mantra to the snake. <laughs> it's a good story. <laughs> and getting the mantra and getting the touch of the holy person, so the snake became very docile and very humble and he thought that, no, no, I should not do any harm. I do not... And if even uh, heart anyone, what is the question, hurting? I will not move in that direction. So he naturally went, coiled up and went into a hole and was living in that and night time he will come out and even he does not eat insects and others. Niramis, he has become a vegetarian now. <laughs> so, so, so even he will not touch um, other insects, he will be just some fallen leaves and something like that. And the boys, they were very surprised. This, this snake was so damaging. And now, where did it go? They didn't find anywhere. So they found at least one hole was there. And then ultimately, trouble and threw some stone and did. And the steel snake, it does not do anything. Then ultimately, they poked. And the snake came out, what to do? <laughs> A coiled up. And he has guru's words. See, he's good. Uh, disciple. So, <laughs> so he didn't listen to anything. So whatever they are doing, but he is just uh, lying like a dead person. And then the boys did harm and took the tail and then uh, twisted and round and dashed on the ground. And as a result, the blood vomited. He vomited so much of blood and this, almost dead. So these children are happy. This is troubling us so many years. <laughs> now we took a revenge and it is gone. Our problem is gone forever. So anyhow, they left. And in the middle of the night, the snake uh, just anyhow come back to his consciousness and then moved in some safe place and was hiding somewhere. 
And they thought that the snake is gone. And the holy man came again after so many, some days maybe, some months. And he called the uh, snake's name. Uh, the boys, boys said, don't go, sir. The, 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 that snake is gone. Well, no, no, no. How can he die? I have given him mantra. <laughs> the mantra will work. Unless the mantra manifests, he will not die. So anyhow, he went and called the name and the snake came out with emaciated figure. And then he said that, what happened? Why are you so sickly? You are very happy, strong at that time I saw and what has happened to you? No, sir, you told me not to harm anyone. I don't do any harm to anyone. And even I don't take any insect or anything. Uh, so I've given up everything. But he forgot the two children did this harm to him. Anyhow, then he said, fool, I have told you not to bite. Did I say not to hiss? <laughs> so this is the point. And this is the, the hissing, this natural, when... When hissing is a power, manifestation of power, he became too much sattik. Forget that. <laughs> That's why he didn't even hiss. But Ramakrishna's lesson is that you hiss when you are in lifetime. <laughs> if anyone tries to charm, do any harm, at least hiss so that they don't make you much trouble. So, but don't bite. That is the lesson. But here is the point. Swamiji's idea is that the snake. Even innocent snake will just unfurl its hoods when it is hit. So when we face this challenge, then our question comes. Our intelligence works. Our mind tries to find out some means and ways to get out of the problem. So that is, we can take it as a positive thing, these challenges in life. Not, rather it is an opportunity where we can really think ourselves that there is some special power in us uh, and I can manifest that power in a positive way. That's why the two examples are given. The flame, eh? there is a flame. It gets stirred off, then it, its blazing light comes more. So it is potential, but it comes out. So the, here is a blazing fire in all of us, but that has been totally not handled properly, it not been fueled properly by obstacles, challenges or by favorable circumstances. Two maybe. We, we don't like. We like always favorable environment, you know. But it does not happen. Life does not bring that way. We all want to go in a secluded place and go into some seat and we'll go into samadhi. But it does not happen. Even if you go to the secluded place, you don't get samadhi. Then you get the trouble of the internal trouble starts. <laughs> External trouble you see, some people say, oh, I'm troubled with my work. I am, I am trying to get out of my job. Okay, you get out of your job, but you can survive with your money, and you think that I'll go to a retreat center in a remote village, remote place, but when you go there, then you see another fighting is going on, which is much difficult than that of the external fighting. It is the internal fighting coming out, day and night, day and night. So those challenges, how to handle them. So Swamiji said that the, this... Uh, the cloud, when it puts forth its deluge strength, when lightning cleaves its breast, when the soul is stirred, that is when our inner soul is stirred like that to its inmost depth, then the great souls who are the great people, they unfold their best. 
Let eyes go dim and heart grow faint and friendship fail and love betray. Let fate its hundred horrors send and clotted darkness black this way. All nature wear one angry frown to crush you out. Still know, my soul, you are divine. March on and on, not right nor left, but to the goal. Nor I, angel I, nor man, nor brute, nor body, mind, nor he, nor she, the book to stop in wonder mute to tell my nature I am he. This is the highest stroke. We can think that way that all these problems, really, all the problems which you face, internal or external, if you can stand in this platform, no problem can stay there. It dissolves. It is, it, it is, it is void. It has no existence at all. That is the highest stand, Swami Vivekananda presence. And he particularly brought this Vedanta in public uh, before us. He said that that was only in the custody of a few great souls in the sages, we call sages in the ancient time. And he brought this into the public domain. He said that in every home let this Vedanta uh, message vibrate in the hearts of people to tear out all the weakness, the superstition, the mistakes, the fear, this element can take its own way out. So that, that these are beautiful, powerful message what Swamiji gave, that you see, very strong words he has used, let eyes grow dim, no hope, I cannot see anything, heart grow faint, I am lost, I am troubled, I cannot maintain anything. The heart is so being buffeted by the situations of life, the heart has become so weak. And friendship fail. We sometimes depend on my friend and my betray. And then he says, and love betray. Let this come. Take this challenge and face it. And what is the stand? Let fate its hundred horrors send and clotted darkness block your way. All nature wear an angry and frown to crush you out. Let it come, but you stand up. You say, I am not the, not the angel. I am not the man. I am not woman. I am not anything of the universe. No, don't look right, don't look left. Only just, you are not the mind, you are not the body. Say, and you also feel that what is inside you, the books do stop in wonder and mute. They cannot speak anything. Scriptures say, avang manasagucharam, that truth cannot be expressed through language, through words. And they, all the scriptures become mum. Stop there. He cannot express anything. And that is my nature. I am not this. Nothing can cross me. The body, I am not the body. Most of our problems are related to the body, is it not? Most of the problem body and not less of the mind. And if we say that I am not the body, and if I say I am not the mind, 
So where is the problem then stay? Logically, one Swami, Swami Premeshananda, he was a wonderful Swami, great Swami of our order. So he was a great guide to uh, hundreds of our monks, both monks and nuns. So one monk, after joining, as it happens, no, we are human beings. We, we come out of our home into another home. Here are also sisters are there, brothers are there. Naturally, two people living. It goes on a little. Uh, rubbing goes on. But you know, these are natural. We are human beings. Don't, don't think that you are superhuman something. So what happens? And then when a newcomer comes, problems are more. Because they have to mature a little bit. <laughs> so what happened? He faced some difficult question, problems or something. And then he wrote a long letter. That this is the problem. He has got the just new monastic vows he got. And then he started, this place is so bad, I cannot stay here. This is going on, that is going on. He is like that. This man is doing like that. Everything is wrong. <laughs> so he thought that, and then he wrote to Premeshananda Maharaj, and Premeshananda Maharaj used to love him. Then he said, uh, he will give a good response and sympathetically he will write. But anyhow, the Swami then uh, responded. This letter, you can read in the letter, or the uh, Go Forward, that book. It's a beautiful book. Uh, small letters, but very inspirational uh, to individual people according to their problems. He has given solution. To the monk, he said, I cannot make out what is your problem. First line is, I cannot make out what is your problem. You have taken the vows of sunnas. This vows, we take the sunnas vows, we call vows. And there what we do? There's no secret, you should know. There's <laughs> nothing secret. Secret is this, you chant some mantra, and there is a home of fire, and you offer with a bell leaf, and say, I give up this. I give up my hair. Why? Because we have fascination for our hairs, no? How curly, how nice, how, how much industry goes on, on on the hair industry. So, the better it to say that I don't care for that. Tachaishana, Lomoishana, Sarvaishana, I give up this, I give up this, I'm giving up, I'm not the body. Manu mayo, annu mayo, prano mayo, manu mayo, vikyanu mayo, atma me shuddhantam. I'm not the body, I'm not the mind, I'm this and I offer everything to the fire of Brahman. Huh? He said that you have done all these things. <laughs> you said and you offered me the fire of Brahman that I am not the body, I am not the mind. So I don't understand. The problems you have said, it is in the body, or in the mind level, or in anywhere else. So, I have no solution for your problems. <laughs> I cannot give you any solution. That means what is intended, he is intended to think that you are not the body, not the mind, as at that point. And you will see, no problem can bother you. I am in the body, but I am not the body. I am in the mind, I work through the mind. I get all the reactions of another's mind, my mind. 
But I am not the mind. If this philosophy is taken very strongly, then why can be any problem? So that is the highest teaching of Swami Vivekananda and the Vedantic teaching. And what is Swami Vivekananda asks us to do? The same poem continues. From dreams awake, from bonds be free, be not afraid. This mystery, this mystery, this universe is my shadow. It cannot frighten me. Know once for all that I am he. That's the highest idea. No, you all know we, we, from this uh, pulpit, everyone speaks about this same truth again and again. Sami P started, no? It's just imagine, last 80 years, <laughs> we are hearing this message again and again and again. What's the newness? Newness is that we forget. That's why every day it is new. Is it not? <laughs> but you may be really bored to hear the same word and then really uh, we feel troubled what to say. <laughs> uh, the truth is the only one thing. That is the truth. And that I am misunderstanding myself and misunderstanding the world. It is me. There is no you. No, there is no me. If you say it is me or it is say you, it is nothing but there is no two. It's my reflection. According to Vedanta, it is Sarvam Khuluidam Brahma. Everything is permeated with Brahman. And I am that, you are that. So you and I, this limited name and form, if it dissolves, what remains? So, see, what a beautiful call. You can just, four lines you can remember. From dreams awake. We are sleeping. We like this sleep. And we like to dream. And in the dream, there comes good and bad. And we can cry in the dream. We can be hungry in the dream. We can be thirsty in the dream. We can be fighting with somebody in the dream. But when you woke up, you see that you are lying in the bed. You didn't fought with anybody, but with your own mind. Did you ever think that way? All the dreams you dreamt, and people try to understand the meaning of the dream, Actually, that's a big, big, big science also. But for Vedanta student, dream is what? Your own mind. Your own mind has created the entire dream world. You have created yourself in the dream, and also you have created every person, every item, every glass of water, every road, every car, every human being, everything has been created by your mind. So, whom to hate? If you have, your mind has created you and your mind has created all the people and in that drama we are feeling fear from somebody, hatred towards somebody, love towards somebody. What a fun is going on. That's why Swamiji says dreams awake from bonds be free. Be not afraid. This mystery, what you see, it is my shadow, I and this is me. And no one's for all that that is the truth. And it cannot frighten me. That's why Holy Mother said in a simple language, no? Now it's too much Vedantic. And we can go to the simplistic language. No one is stranger, my child. Try to make everyone your own. See, language, is, language differs. See, the lesson is the same. The world religions teach us only this oneness. Only 
It is our, our foolishness of our understanding that we create these differences. There is nothing but one, and that is what is here, that is there, and we make this discrimination and distinction. And that distinction is always a frightening experience. Maybe sometimes a little joyful, but most of the time frightening. How many days of our life we live in ecstatic joy, and how many days we live our life in tension, anxiety, and fear. You see, proportionately you look at that, really we are losers. But actually, we should not be. We should not be. So in one stroke, Swami Vivekananda gave a blow to wipe out all the challenges we face, as if we are putting such big question of life, ah, this is my problem, that is my problem. Swami Vivekananda in one stroke threw a bomb, as it were, and say, all these are meaningless. Now you see, in this perspective, if we look at that, what is our problem? What can frighten me? What am I afraid of? If I am the only reality and that I, not this body-mind I, then whom to fear? If there is no two, where, where the fear can come? So, this is the, if it is a, to Savage's grace that we face, that it is a Vedantic bombshell, which blows away all fears, doubts, misconceptions about our potential divinity, as also the external world's apparent frightening appearance. Swami Vivekananda again says, outer universe is my shadow and cannot frighten me, however fearful it looks may be. In what penoof of thoughts are set, Earth, hell, heavens, or worst or best. No, these are but outer crust, all space and time, all effect, cause. I am beyond all senses, all thought, the witness of the universe. Not two, not many. It is but one, and thus in me all me's I have. In me all me's I have. I cannot hate. I cannot shun myself from me. I cannot shun myself. I cannot hate myself. Whatever may be my condition. Huh? I cannot hate my eyes. I cannot hate my ears. Uh, modern uh, girls also, boys may like their eyes this way, that way. They may hate or, but they beautify that. Anyway, they think this is not good. But that is not the point. I cannot hate myself. Everything belongs to me. So similarly, this is the bigger me, uh, which pervades everywhere. And Swamiji says, I cannot hate, I cannot shun myself from me, I can but love. Now, again, he calls us that the line from dreams awake. So this is the greatest of all means to face all the challenges. But, as we know, uh, we have talked about, that it is a stand, one stand I am discussing, and only Vedantic stand. But there are many ways to face these challenges. And in today's, uh, we can find that what Holy Mother said, <clears throat> one we believes these challenges are there in life. But in the, when we face these challenges, there comes a time in our life we pause and question. That is the greatest benefit of these challenges. Then we can do, we can pray, we can meditate, we can spend long hours in prayers, 
in worship, reading scriptures, or try to go deeper in the heart. Yet, we must have to find whatever we do, what is suitable for me. The solution as how not to be disturbed by the external challenges is not controlling outside. Here is the point. You try to control the outside. That's one means. Normally we think we will settle the thing outside. Yes, you can try. But this settlement in the outside is not possible because it is, you are dealing with some other people, others' mind, other situation. But here is the best control is the control of inner self. So, as we say that you are driving in a road and the road is bumpy. You are driving from here to any distance and the road is bumpy. You can curse the bumpy road. You can blame the county. You can blame everyone. But nothing happens. You have to go through that bumpy road. And you feel the shock and you feel the anger. You feel the frustration. You have nothing to do. You can try. Maybe five feet you can straighten out of 500,000 miles journey. Therefore, what is the way? Better way is to put a spring in your car. <laughs> which will be shock absorbing. No? You cannot change earthquake. Earthquake zone. We live in earthquake zone. But earthquake you cannot stop. You have no control over the earthquake. But what you can do? You build your house in such a way that earthquake will come but it will not be able to knock you out, you will swing. Maybe that swinging is a tremendous struggle to survive. Your all the furniture will be here and there. But you can, you, this way or that way you may swing, but the earthquake will not be able to affect you. So you are using subjective tools. Subjective tool in the car to put spring, they give an example. Subjective tool, weather will be hot and cold. You see, how was the heat uh, the other day and now you see what is the temperature now. Huh? So what will you do? You can cry, you can weep, you can fight, you can go to frustration or you can be bold to fight. But the solution is that make a subjective change. And the subjective change is we create a, put a heater, put a cooler. Okay, then they let things happen, but it does not affect. So this, this, the solution is not to change the outside. Where this is the view of the Eastern view and Western view. Where Eastern idea is that change yourself. The world will change. But we also need to change the outside. But that as a corollary. In our philosophy of the Ramakrishna order, <coughs> when it is given, that was the goal of monastic life, twin goal is given. Atmanamakshartam jagat hitayacho. For your own liberation and for the good of others. But there is a word cho. Cho means, cho in English, uh, Sanskrit is and. And it has different ways of, in Sanskrit is such a thing you can pull this way, that way. Huh? But here our, our great Swamiji's have explained this meaning. Some say, Atmanamakti, our mind realization, I will do and also I will do good to the world. Ramakrishna said, who are you to do good to the world? 
God depends on you to do good to the world. Rather you do good to yourself first. That means what? Then, then we will not do good. And if you really, really, really be spiritual, spontaneously will do that. It is not that you are doing some extra grace I am doing. Your nature will force you to be kind. Your nature will force you to be spiritual, loving, caring eh, and giving. It's a spontaneous thing. But only to focus on giving something makes, may, makes you egotistic. So choice is explained as a corollary. So spiritual life is to put the spring here and as a result, by your presence, people will be benefited. By your very life, you will be dedicated. You cannot, as a selfish person cannot stop his selfish activity, so selfless person cannot stop giving because he is developing his inner spiritual strength and inner spiritual truth within. So this is the point, subjective change. Uh, to change this both external and internal problems. The one cure is better. That does not stop us curing the external problems like as with modern science is doing as a corollary. But that should not be the goal. Goal is the internal development and as a part of that God has given us brain. God has given us our mind, our hands. So we should have to do something what we can do for the good of my and others benefit. But the major thing is that the principle of changing the whole world. Yes, we are in our, many of our sadhus also say, when I join, I thought I shall change the world. <laughs> I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do that. As we mature now, then I understand that I have to change here now. <laughs> So many years effort, I've learned this much that I have to change it here. <laughs> so this is very important point in our spiritual life. The challenges are there. We have to take advantage of those challenges in a positive sense. And we can utilize this in different ideas, the how I can take this opportunity to grow in my spirituality more, to develop my potential strength more, to be more manifesting my divine characteristic, my loving character, my pure character of selflessness, how I can do that and how I can forget myself. You know, I, karma yoga is another idea which gives us that forget your body. I am not the body. It is easy to say, but to forget I am not the body. When you feel you are not the body, when you totally engross yourself in service of others. Suppose you are engaged in uh, a doctor is engaged in really caring for a patient. That is the moment when doctor forgets himself or herself. An engineer who is doing his selfless work or deeply engrossed into anything, forgetting the body. So how to forget the body? I'm not the body. It is intellectual analysis is one way. But in karma, in, in, in our deep commitment to the things, when we dive deep and thinking no returning for me, it is forgetfulness of the body, body going beyond body consciousness. So that is, I am not the body. And then as much it comes, as much people can think, how I can serve, how I can do, how I can be of little help to anybody. And don't think of yourself, like exactly as the mother's love eh, for the baby. Mother's love for the baby, unconditional, because mother does not feel for herself, she thinks for 
the baby day and night and that is the purest love we call and that is the love of a ma mother for the baby. So we should be like that type of, uh, follow that type of karma, that type of attitude in our karma that I am not doing any good to you. But it's a pleasant opportunity for me to forget my body. It's an opportunity to expand my identity. It's an opportunity to feel that I am there also. Your suffering is my suffering. Uh, why people actually run to get some support from others? Because who will sympathize with the suffering of me and who will say a sweet word, is it not? So if one can practice this way, that is the way to solve the, all the problems. And also you look at that. When we make our problem, our challenges biggest, that is not so big if we compare the sufferings of others, the challenges of others, who have no home, who has a good person by some reason, uh, lost a house, job, and in the street now. What? You are thinking you are suffering, you are by, by having so much problem, I having so. No, there are more. So feel for them, then you will see that you will be relaxed. That is another way of facing the challenges of life. What positive step we can take from the challenges of life, that we should learn. And there are many ways. I, we can, Holy Mother is an example. I want to place it because of devotional practice and in our day-to-day -day life. Is a service is a great thing, what we can do. And this service idea, Holy Mother is an example of service, relentless service and not looking back. We always, we are, we are poor because in that sense, we do something, immediately we think, oh, one thank. And nobody gives thank, then you suffer. Doubly you are suffering. First you foolishly do the work, that's your foolishness. And then foolishly you think that he will give thanks or he will do really, really be grateful for that. He will never do that. Then you suffer two times. And when you remember, you get three times. <laughs> so it is suffering after suffering. <laughs> Rather, it is wise not to look back. You give, finish, hands off, and see how you feel your joy, how you feel your freedom. So thank you all. Jai.